Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. We are going to wrap up the series Money Talks. We've been in for several weeks now. where We've been talking about what money would say if it could talk to us. What would your money actually say? If it was for you, not against you, it was trying to help you, what would it say? And we talked about one of the most astounding things that it would say to us is the fact that what it would say is right in line with what Jesus already said. If money was to take all of the human behavior, interaction with money throughout history and say, here are some of the big pitfalls, here's the big lessons to learn, here's the things to stay away from, what would it say to us? It's many of the things that Jesus warned us about already. We've been looking at those things that can really provide incredible wisdom for us going forward, especially in a time like we're in right now where so many people have been struggling and going through all kinds of challenges, financial and otherwise. But here's the first thing we looked at week one that money would say. I can add meaning to your life, but I am not the meaning of life. In other words, that money only has meaning when it becomes a means to an end. When money is used for something greater than itself, and more specifically, money has value when it is used for divine purposes, for the purposes of God. And we've looked at that over and over. And not only is that true of money, that's also true of everything in life, including you and I. That our, our life only has value, only has meaning when we begin to see our life as a means to an end. That we begin to see our life as, a, as something, a gift to be given, to be able to offer ourselves back to God to say, God, use me for your purposes. Use me to accomplish whatever it was you had in mind when you put me down here on earth. I want to accomplish that. And it's in the doing of God's will that it gives our life such deep purpose and meaning day in and day out. Another way, other way of saying that, and one of the questions we gave you week one was, to ask this question. To what ends does God want your life to be a means? To what ends does, your life, does God want your life to be a means? To answer that question is to bring incredible clarity to your life. And this may not be something that you fully know right now, but it is something I want you to know today that God wants you to fully know and he wants to reveal to you as you seek him. But not only does this bring clarity to your life, but it brings clarity to everything else connected to your life, including your money. It starts making it understandable to say, yes, I get it now. I know what the surplus is for. I know what when we do have extra, when we are careful and we're self-disciplined and we're self-controlled, when we have extra, I get it. God wants to use it for his purposes. In other words, and this we looked at last week, is your self-control determines, this is what money would say, your self-control determines which of us gets control, money would say to you. In other words, your self-control determines who serves who. You're going to serve your money your whole life, you're servicing debt until your last dying day, or is there going to come a point where you're like, I'm free, I'm free from debt, and money is actually beginning to serve me and serve the purposes of God. It's helping me, and it's through implementing self-control. We looked at that self-control is that, that big last component of 
the fruits of the Spirit, of the fruit of the Spirit, rather, over in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, where we're told to walk in the Spirit. Well, what does that look like? And self-control is a big part of that. And another thing that money would say to us is, I make a better servant than master, and I'll go where you send me. So last week we looked at the middle of this incredible sermon that Jesus preached, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 24, where Jesus is teaching on money. And he says this incredible, profound statement that may take our whole life to fully understand, but he says, you cannot serve two masters, curios, owners. You cannot act like you have two owners. Well, you may say, well, I don't have one owner, right? He would say, look closer, right? Because the lion's share of your life is invested in and is moving towards something. It's serving something. And he's saying, you can't serve two masters you're going to either love the one and hate the other. You're going to despise the one and you'll, uh, you'll adore the other. But you cannot serve, Jesus says, both God and money. In, in other words, Jesus is showing us the litmus test for our devotion to God is the willingness to put God first in all areas, including, and I would say this for 99.9% .9 of people, is the hardest place to put God first in, including our finances. Letting God have the first place that, that probably for most folks is moving us the furthest out of our comfort zone. It makes us the most uncomfortable to say, okay, God, I'm gonna put you first in my finances. I, and I'm not even fully sure what all that means, but I want to begin to, before anybody else gets paid, I wanna set aside amount, a, a percentage, uh, an amount to give towards the things of God. I'm gonna begin to invest in things of eternity. Lay up for yourself treasure in heaven is what Jesus called it. And this is so powerful. He's telling us this is critical to your understanding of what money is for. Now this morning I want to, to introduce the idea today. I want us to take a look back in the Gospel of Matthew, this time chapter 25. And we're gonna look at verse 14. And this is the beginning of an incredible parable that Jesus taught. It's the parable of the talents. Maybe you've heard of this parable. But this is in a, a line of teaching where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And the people of his day were very fascinated about what does it mean to be a citizen of your kingdom? See, they understood that as the Messiah, Jesus being the Messiah, it meant that he was a king. And every king has a kingdom, and they wanted to be citizens of that kingdom. So what were the requirements? How do I get citizenship? How do I get included? How do I get into the family? How do I, uh, how do I, I, I get you know, in, involved in and a part of this kingdom that you're gonna set up, Jesus? And that was what he was teaching. He was like, let me talk to you about what that looks like. How do you live that out? And here's what he says. Again, it, it being the kingdom of heaven, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his, let's say it together, entrusted his wealth to them. We, he wanted to trust, entrust his wealth. In other words, Jesus is showing us right off the bat that this man who's traveling, the Lord, the servants that he's entrusting, us, he's saying, let me show you, first of all, an important kind of profound aha that you need to have. And that is that 100% of what the servants were entrusted with did not belong to them. That makes them managers, not owners. That 100%, 0% belonged to them. They were entrusted with it. They were asked to manage it. They were asked to invest it well, but it did not belong to them, and they understood that. 
And it's like Jesus is showing us, look at your life as a series of things to manage, like from your time to your education to your opportunities, to your employment, to your marriage, to your children, to your relationships, your friendships, your parents, your, the time that you're born into, the country you're born into. And I know this has been a horrendous year that we've been through, but we're still in, like out of the entire earth, we're in one of the most blessed places to live. It's incredible. We, we don't realize that because we're surrounded by so many other people that are living in the same situation but if we had that comparison to look at we would realize wow God there's so much he's entrusted to us and he's saying but don't look at it as something for you to only consume for in and of yourself but rather to manage yes I want you to be blessed yes I want it to produce joy yes I'm in it for it to be a blessing but I want you to see it it's not something to just as your income and as you're blessed that you just raise your, 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 your lifestyle to commensurate, to, to, to consume all of that. I want you to see it as it's an opportunity to learn to be self-disciplined, self-control. You live on less, so you have more to be a part of what God is doing. And he's saying to us here, I want you to see that you have been entrusted as well and that your job here is to learn how to manage, not own, to manage what God has put you over. Now, what's interesting is as this parable goes on, Jesus tells the story and he says, listen, this guy that loaned the money or he entrusted the money, he goes away for a period of time and then he comes back and there's three servants that he gave talents to or money to. Two of the three he rewards. One of them he did not. What made the difference? Jesus was hoping you would ask, right? He's trying, to help, he's trying to help us to understand that what made the difference was not the amount of money they had or was entrusted to them, but it was what they did with what they were entrusted with. It's what they went out and did. How did they invest it? How did they use it? How did they leverage it? And did they forget it's not theirs? Did they forget that they were asked to manage something on behalf of an owner? That I should ask, what does the owner want done with his stuff, right? That's what the servants did that were rewarded. And Jesus is saying, basically, I want you to begin to live like this. Understand that everything is a gift. It's entrusted to you. Yes, yes, you've worked hard for it, but you wouldn't even have the opportunity to work hard if it wasn't given, it wasn't offer, offered to you. But to begin to understand that I want to help you to, to get a huge aha of life, and this is actually a freedom in this, is that I am a manager. Here's what money would say to us in light of this incredible parable. Money would say, I am easy to keep up with, but I am difficult to catch up with. Have you ever heard the saying that it's easier to stay warm than to get warm once you get cold? Have you ever had one of those days where you're just like chronically cold? I know today's not that day, right? But hopefully, you know, as we get into December, there may be some of those days. But anyway, um, yes, you've, ever, you've heard that saying maybe before that it's easier to stay warm than to get warm. It's actually a medical fact that it is harder for your body. You burn way more energy trying to get warm again. As a matter of fact, the blood vessels near the surface of the skin will begin to contract, contract the blood flow. It puts some stress on the nervous system. It's hard on your body when you get super cold. In a similar way, with money, when we're trying to play catch up 
We will burn way more energy trying to get caught up, and it will be way more stressful than if you were just to keep up with your money. And this is where I want us to begin to think about today. How can we better manage what God has put us over? How can we better manage what God has put us over? Because when it comes to money, we should, let me tell you a couple things we should never say. We should never say, well, it feels like, it feels like, when I look at my bank account, it feels like we should have more than that, right? Like, wow, this is, like, deep down, it feels like we should have more than that. How did our account get so low? Like, we should never say things like that. You know why I'm saying that we should never say things like that? Because money is math, Right? And math isn't vague. Math doesn't go off emotions. It doesn't go off feelings, right? Here's how, here's how income happens. We make money, it comes in, and then we tell our money where to go. We send it out, right? There's a very specific amount comes in and a very specific amount that goes out. And it can be tracked and it can be managed. And this is what Jesus is talking about, that it ought to be managed, it can be managed. In other words, we need to be controlling where our money is going, right? I love it when it rhymes. Don't you love that? We need to be controlling where the money is going. It's so true. This is what Jesus is showing us. As good managers, like if you were putting somebody to manage over your money, you would want to make, to make sure that they're controlling where it's going, right? Of course. You would be, that would be very, very important, Another thing that money would tell us was lose track of me and you'll lose your peace of mind. Some of you would say, amen, that is so true. I have road tested that many times. It's so, so true. Regardless of how much money you make, you need to have a method, a technique, some way to track your money to take the guesswork out of where it's going, to take the guesswork out of, I don't know, how much do we have, and do we have enough to make it at the end of the month? Part of the big stress with money is, do we have enough? Are we running out? Is there still gonna be some left over, right? We've all had that sick feeling in the pit of our stomach and like panic, like, <gasps> did we run out? Do we not have enough? Oh my gosh, did we, maybe we shouldn't have made that purchase. Oh my gosh. And, and, and when we, you track it, you know, you're not guessing, you know what that is. Well, let me kind of unpack how that started for Leslie and I. Early in our marriage, 26 years ago, uh, we got a lot of great advice and wisdom as we started our marriage. And one of the best pieces of advice in terms of finances was to begin tracking our spending. That was so, so important. As a matter of fact, early on, this is what we would do. We had a little sterilite container, a little box, literally, okay? We would put all of our receipts in the box. You know how when you purchase something, they say, would you like a receipt with that? Yes, right? So we just carried around lots of receipts there, and then put them in the box, and then we'd re record them, record them, and then we would put them in categories so we know, okay, we know how much we have spent. And what's incredible about that is it, took a lot of the guesswork out of where we knew exactly where the money was going and where, where it had gone, and, and it helped us to be able to budget appropriately. And so here's a couple of lessons over the last 26 years, a little over a quarter of a century, that we have learned that have been very helpful to us by doing this. And, and by the way, we still do this, right? We still record. Now today, we are blessed with far better tools, and I'm gonna talk about some of that in just a minute. Far better tools for being able to track it and, and for accuracy, but 
Um, one of the things that we learned through the last 26 years, if we will track our spending through the lean times, we've all had those times where it feels like we're literally living paycheck to paycheck. And some of you might go, right there. I'm right there right now. Um, but during the lean times, when you're tracking your spending, it is incredible how much peace it brings, how it reduces stress, and how you as a couple or you as a single, whatever your situation is at this particular moment, you can sit down and look at that and talk about where the cuts need to be. It's very clear. It starts to become very clear because part of your outgo, where your, your money's going, there's no negotiation with the payments for the house or housing or your car, your phone, etc. But there are other discretionary spending areas where you don't have to, like, you'll live if you don't go out to eat every day, right? You'll live if you don't have cable. Like, people have done it, and it's, it's actually happened. They lived and, and said, you know, actually, I, we had more time. This is incredible. But you can start to make decisions together to say, okay, we'll cut this, and we'll cut that, and cut this. We'll actually have margin. We'll actually come out ahead, but it requires the both of you or the, the single of you to exercise self-control. But in those lean times, it's incredible how it takes the weight and pressure off. And in times of plenty, let me just say this, it's even more important to exercise that self-discipline to keep on putting God first and keep on organizing and recording your spending because it's in the times of plenty, ladies and gentlemen, Anytime we have extra, let me just say this, you can write this down, we are always prone to waste it. Every time we have surplus or we have extra, we have extra time, we tend to waste it. We have extra money, we tend to waste it. We have extra anything, we tend to waste it. We don't tend to manage it very well unless we exercise self-control, self-discipline. And this is where it becomes so important that we have a simple way to, to track our actual spending to to write it down to figure it out and know where it's going and have a picture after every month here's where we are after every quarter here's what we've done after every year here's the the total for me personally or for our family here's what our financial picture looked like this year this is what it, you need to know what that is as a manager you need to i need to know what that is now with that said Dave Ramsey and his organization has put together one of the most comprehensive financial plans um, to help people in this regard, maybe that there is in the world. And, and I want to share with you um, one of the uh, resources that they've made available online. It's called Ramsey Plus. Now, this is an incredible opportunity that today here uh, I want to offer to you as the Brazos Fellowship family and for those of you joining us online too that for me as the pastor, from our staff to you as a congregation, we want to offer this as a free gift to you today. This is a $130 value to your family a year if you were to just go and buy this membership. So it is incredibly valuable. But over the ensuing years that come, if you put this stuff into practice, it literally could save you thousands of dollars. I'm not exaggerating. It really could if you actually implement this and put it into practice. So let me talk about what it is all about and kind of in three areas kind of to boil it down first of all there's a learning component to ramsey plus there's things like financial peace university which is kind of a overarching holistic look at what is the biblical guidelines for managing money well that honor god it's an incredible course that has helped 
thousands and thousands, I'd say maybe even at this point, maybe millions of people worldwide that have benefited from this incredible course. Also in there, there is also um, some, some, some learning courses that teach you like how to begin to budget your money, how to get on a budget. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you grew up in a home where you never, you never knew your parents did that. Your grandparents never did that. And it, this has just been something sort of handed down to you. It's just willy-nilly. We just laissez-faire approach to money, and it's not really working great. There's a lot of times where it's super, super stressful if you do that. This is a way to begin to understand where it's going. Also, it, there's a, some training in there like how do you begin to teach your kids about how to handle money in a wise way? There's some great tips on that. There's some stuff in there about how to legacy plan. In other words, like the saving for the future and being able to plan for the future, be able to plan for retirement and, and to invest for the future. Like what are some good guidelines to help me get started? That is all included in this. The second part is not only learn, but to budget. There's an every dollar app that's gonna be included and be offered to you. You'll be able to use it starting today that uh, you can safely connect it to your, your bank account and it allows you to be able to track all of your spending. It allows you to be able to put into categories um, how, where that money should go and you can get a quick picture of like, here's where we are, here's how much is left, here's where we need to go and you, you can kind of get a quick snapshot of your financial situation at any time. So you don't have to have that, oh my gosh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's, it's sickening not knowing, right? And this way, you can know. You can absolutely know. And it really helps you to be able to customize it to any household, and it allows you to be able to um, categorize your spending and to be able to make sense for you so that you can be able to have a plan going forward. And then finally, number three, is to be able to track, to be able to track your baby steps of um, kind of progress and goal setting of paying your paying off your debt, paying off your house, being able to save for college, save for the future, your retirement. It has a way to track all of that and help you to see, hey, you've, you've made a 10% gain. You're 10% you're closer to your goal. It, it helps you to really see the wins along the way. Sometimes it's hard to know. Are we getting any closer? It feels like we hardly made, we moved the needle hardly at all this year, but this will help you to see exactly what's happening there. So I just encourage you today, to, to plan on using this resource. So here's how you do it. We're gonna, um, gonna pop up here a QR code and a place to text. The QR code, I just encourage you to use. You can get out your phones right now. Many of you, I'm sure, already know how to use the QR code. For those of you who are going, QR code, what in the world is that? Get out your camera on your phone, hold it up to the QR code, and there'll be a link that will pop up, and just touch the link. That's it and it will open the link for you. That's the least number of steps, okay? If for some reason you can't do that or don't like that or whatever, that's fine. You can text BF Connect to 97000 and we will send you the link to be able to set up your account and you gotta do it through the Brazos Fellowship you know, uh, we have a special membership with the um, Ramsey Plus for our church members. So make sure you use that and you can set up your account today and get started today. Now, now let me just tell you my hesitation with a, with a Sunday morning like this when I'm offering you something like I have just offered you. Many times when we are offered something for free in this life, it's not worth a whole lot. It's not even worth the money that they told you that it was valued at, and we tend to treat it like that. 
This is not the case with the Ramsey Plus program. It is incredibly helpful. It is invaluable information. As I said, it literally could save you thousands of dollars in the ensuing months and years. God only knows what will happen in the future, but this will better prepare you for whatever is to come. It will better set you up for a, a, a successful financial situation where before God, you know you're being a good steward, you're being a good manager of what he puts you over so I just want to encourage you, please take advantage of this. Download, maybe not even for you, maybe it's for somebody else you know that goes here that, did, that may have missed this today and just to be able to offer it to them so they could take full advantage of it because it could make a huge, huge difference. The other thing I want to say about the Ramsey Plus um, membership for you today is I just want, in the spirit of the season of Thanksgiving, I want to say a personal and heartfelt thank you to you as a church. This year, I know for many of you, has been one of the hardest, if not the hardest year you have been through in your life. It's been hard on marriages. It's been hard on us financially. It has caused incredible stress, anxiety, fear, and you know, all it takes is just go watch the news for a little bit and your blood pressure will start to go up. You can feel it. It's crazy, right? And, and it's been all year. It's like there's no break. <laughs> it just keeps coming. And I know with all of that, it's been hard. It's been hard for all of us. But I do want to say this. I want to say thank you for those of you, and you know who you are, that have continued to remain faithful to your service to Jesus Christ, that you've been faithful to love people well, to love people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you love people like Jesus loves people, and you are constantly trying to help invite people to come to know Jesus. And I see that because we still have visitors coming to our in-person services. We have visitors that are joining us online every weekend. We have new people that are checking us out. And there are new people that are making decisions, faith steps towards Jesus every week, despite all of this craziness that's gone on this year. You guys have done that. And you have stepped up, and you have served and you have attended, you have worshiped, you have given sacrificially, putting God first in your finances over and over again. You have done this in, the, in, in, uh, in light of all of this crazy chaos that's been going on. And to that, I want to say thank you because that shows your heart, your faith is in God and not in your circumstances, that you have put your hope in Jesus Christ and not in these man-made systems that fail us constantly, but you are willing to look to God and say, I trust in you and you alone, and you are my hope, and you are the one I place faith in. And it shows that because of you, you have made it possible for Brazos Fellowship to stay strong during a year where so many churches have gone under and so many churches and ministries have not survived. And we thank God for you guys. Thank you so much for what you've done. I, I just want to tell you that, and, and I just want to tell you also this week as I was reading first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where the Apostle Paul was commending and really kind of challenging the church at Corinth because they were doing a great job. They were being really generous. It made me think of you guys, but I just want to share it with you as a, as a way to go and also just an encouragement. Let, let's keep going and let's don't give up. He said this, remember this, and he's talking about generosity. Keep it in the context of, of giving and being a, a manager, not an owner. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, 
but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And how do you decide how much to give? He just told you. You want a small crop or you want a generous crop? He's saying, try to be Arrange your life, arrange yourself, manage your, 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 your stuff, your possessions, your money, your, all your stuff in such a way that you can be as generous as you can towards the things of God. He says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Yes, amen to that. Don't give as a, an emotional response, but be something that you think about, you pray about, you bring it to God and say, God, help me to be generous. Help me to, to do the best job I can to manage my wealth and manage my stuff. You may not think about it in terms of wealth, but you think about it in terms of resources and possessions and talents that God's given you so that I can be as generous as possible towards the things of God. This is, these are questions, the last thing I ask, that we ask at our home. We challenge our staff to do the same thing, to do this week in, week out. And, and then he goes on to say, for God loves a person who is, uh, that gives cheerfully the, the Greek word here is hilarious, a joyful heart, where we literally get hilarious, that there is joy that we see that it is, it is an opportunity. It's given out of gratitude, not of, out of obligatory kind of like duty. It's given because we're excited because of what God's done for us. We get to give back to the things of God. A cheerful giver, God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. God says, I have blessed you to be a blessing. And when you become a blessing, I'm gonna continue to bless you to be a blessing. I'm gonna bless you to be a blessing. I wanna help you to keep doing this, but you can't get there if you don't become a good manager. If you don't learn how to track and know what you are managing. And in other words, know that we are called to be managers, not owners. We're called to be managers, not owners, which means when it comes to our stuff and our money, we need to ask, what would the owner want done rather than what would I want done? Now, again, it's okay, like God's not angry. He, he gave it to us for be a blessing to us, to be joyful, but also to be disciplined with it, and to live on less that we make. And this becomes an incredible blessing to be able to give towards the things of God. And when we have margin and we are able to do that and give towards the things of God, it allows us to make the biggest impact with the most number of people to uh, respond to God's highest calling. It's the great commission to go and make disciples, to guide people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That is our mission statement here at Brazos Fellowship, to help other people come to know Jesus and those who do know him to take the next step to be challenged in that walk, to trust God more, to come know him better. It's not just trying to follow some religious rules or you know, trying to satisfy, checking the boxes every week, but rather falling, falling in love with a, a loving heavenly father that has done everything to make possible this relationship with you, that Jesus came and gave his life died on a Roman cross, resurrected on the third day so that you and I get to be, get to be managers, get to serve the most high God, get to be participants in the kingdom of heaven, to get to be a part of that. But that relationship begins by us asking Christ into our life 
asking him to forgive sin and be the Lord over all of us. And right now, as we move into a, a time of prayer, I want to invite you, if you would, pray this prayer with me as we go into our time of prayer. It's simply saying, Jesus, I commit to be more disciplined in tracking what you have entrusted to me. Let my gratitude for the sacrifice that you made for me be reflected in my generosity to you. We give out of generosity, out of gratitude, rather. That's where our generosity comes from. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.